All right, welcome here to our Minor Talk pregame show out at the District West, 32-33 North Mesa. I'm Adrian Broadus. Joined with me is Cade McConnell, Steve Kaplowitz. We are getting ready for the big UTEP basketball game, which is coming up 6.30. Countdown to tip-off with Voice of the Miners, John Teicher, along with Steve Yellen out at the Don Haskins Center as the Miners take on Texas A&M Corpus Christi. And then uh, we will be out here from 4 to 6.30. Uh, getting ready for the big matchup. They have a lot of great specials out here at the District West. $7 cheeseburger with fries, three fifty rolled tacos every single Wednesday. By the way, here at the District West, they are presenting Nick Diaz this weekend, the official party. Come out, meet and greet uh, the UFC fighter Nick Diaz. Table reservations only. Give them a call if you're interested with this one. 915-800-1056. That's 915 915- 800-1056 to reserve your table with the District West here for the official Nick Diaz party. We've got great giveaways. Come on out. Sign up for them. We will uh, raffle off some prizes. Thanks to the Oscar the Agency. They've dropped off some great sunglasses. We've got Kick Social vouchers as well. We've got the rink at Winterfest skate passes. And thanks to Alon and DK, we've got some gas cards to give out here out at the District West as well. 32 30 North Mesa, come on out and join us. Steve, we're kicking off another night of uh, UTEP hoops. But, uh, of course, everything that is on uh, UTEP fans' minds is what's the latest on the head coach. Yeah, and and the truth is, number one, uh, they should be thinking about the basketball game tonight because the team they're playing, the A&M Corpus Christi Islanders, have been to the tournament uh, the last two seasons. They've won the tournament the last two seasons, and then the only other year they won the regular season and the tournament. So they've been good. Now, granted, I'm looking at who they've played so far, and it's interesting. They got beat by 30 at number 7 Houston. They got beat by 9 at Texas Tech. North Kentucky beat them by 15. Long Island beat them by 15. Now, Long Island's been in the NCAA tournament before. Houston, we know. Um, Their two wins came against schools I've never heard of. The Southwest Adventist, never heard of them. Dahl Christian, never heard of them. But that being said, this is what usually happens for a school like A&M Corpus Christi. They'll play on the road. They'll play a bunch of teams when uh, they, they get to their non-conference. Then they got to play at Texas here in about, what, uh, three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, conference play starts, and they start winning basketball games. No, so. you're, exa- you're exactly right. And one of the things that was mentioned this week during the media scrums with head coach Joe Golding is the fact that the Islanders come into this one, Steve, uh, fresh off back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances. You think of how much success they've had. I get it. Steve Lutz is no longer there. He's now coaching Western Kentucky. He's in Conference USA, which is interesting to UTEP fans in itself. But they have they promoted one of their guys from within. He's now manning their head coach. He's now uh, at that role. And now Texas A&M Corpus Christi coming into this one. They don't want to lose. They've been already you know losing some of these games left and wa- right in college basketball. They want to start winning some games. They do. And I think it's going to be terrific when that uh, game heats up here in a couple hours. I'm looking forward to that. Also, we need to mention that the poll is almost over. Four minutes is left from live UTEP News. Who would you all rather have for the UTEP football head coaching job? Jonathan Byers, Joe John Sr., or Jacob Cooksey? Now, 
This is a battle. It's been a battle since we announced it. 154 votes with four minutes left to go. Jonathan Byers is the runaway winner for the Utah head football coaching job. The And I don't even think he's on social media anymore. I think he dropped off. I mean, he was talking up Texas Tech, and then he disappears. So Byers got 43.5% of the vote. Congratulations, uh, Johnny Utep. Uh, Joe John Sr. with a late comeback, and uh, the man who promotes his mom better than anybody else on social media has 28.6% of the vote. And Jacob Cooksey, who was starting out pretty good, narrowly finishing in third at 27.9% of the vote. You've got three minutes left to vote if you want at Live UTEP News. Who would you rather have? Our three UTEP superfans on social all ranked against each other for the UTEP football job. You know, it's so funny, Steve, because uh, all these guys are diehards in their own sense, but it's not the same if Jonathan uh, Byers, he's not even Johnny UTEP anymore on, on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. He's nowhere. I couldn't find him. That's sad. Or maybe he's blocked us all. Maybe or that's maybe the he's, thing. Maybe he's disappeared off yeah, social. That's true. Maybe he couldn't know. take it. Maybe he got banned. Maybe Who knows banned. what happened to Johnny UTEP? Somebody could have reported him. Elon could have kicked him off. Maybe he's now one of these other uh, social media accounts that we see left and right now you got to understand something okay let me give you some background i've known buyers since i first met his dad about 10 years ago at the uh, chihuahuas games when he was working those so i've known them for a long time i've known i've known jonathan since he really got into social media and that's why i've seen the change i've seen how he's evolved I've seen how the dislike and hatred has grown and how he has shifted alliances to Texas Tech. Yes. And today we looked for him. He's fallen off social media. So I don't know what's happened to him, but I'm just saying now that the UTEP job is open again, bring back Johnny UTEP for social because he'll have a chance to help us shape the future of the program. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? He'd be the guy who would take no nonsense. This, uh, the second UTEP is starting to struggle. Uh, he will start firing guys. Yes. He'll start kicking players off the team yes. left and right. He has no nonsense. That's Johnny UTEP. That's our guy. That's true. So uh, we got a lot to cover on the show today. We'll get um, we'll get uh, Jay Jaffe back for the first time in a couple of weeks, talking some baseball with all the off-season baseball news. We'll also get a chance to talk uh, a little fantasy with Jeff Erickson later in the show. We've got guests galore. Cade's here as well. Cade uh, dressed in his... Adidas UTEP official white pullover. Did I understand you got that in the bookstore? Is that correct? The bookstore's got the best stuff around, Steve. So if uh, you need anything, just head on down to the UTEP bookstore. They got you covered. So I you're, like it. So you're telling me that that wasn't even team that wasn't even team issued gear. Nope, this is uh, paid for with my own money right here. Wow. Well, it's it's sharp look. I like that. Very nice. Um, by the way, as we've talked and speculated since Sunday, since the news became official following your last game against Liberty, that uh, now there is a, a head coaching vacancy at UTEP for the first time in six years. I'm just curious. You've been with us this whole process since the summer when we first had a chance to meet you and you expressed an interest in, in working with us. You've been there. We've seen you go from really a reserve slash insurance policy to the starting quarterback for the last half season for UTEP. So you tell me from your just just from your observations as you've been so great with us the entire literally last six months, what has the last three or four days been like for you 
and, and some of your teammates that you're close to that you pretty much keep in, in contact with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm sure we'll get into it more over the course of the show, um, but it's been a whirlwind the last couple of days. You know, as, as someone who, who wants to be here, who loves UTEP, who wants to embody El Paso and has really grown to love it over the last year and a half, two years being here, um, it's scary. It's a, it's a little nerve-wracking, right? There's a lot of unknown. Uh, we have no idea who's going to come in and be our new head coach. Um, I, I compared it to maybe being in, like, foster care with a set of parents, and then they just said, all right, here you go. Here's your new set of parents and the ones that you were just with for the last two years that have nurtured you and taken care of you uh, and brought you under their wing are no longer here. You know, it's it's definitely really nerve-wracking. So I'm, I'm excited for the future. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but we're also in the dark right now, and it's definitely an uneasy feeling. Especially when you follow that a lot of your teammates have already gotten the portal over the last three or four days, made their intentions known, not to say that they can't come back, but they've at least want to explore the waters and I know for you, obviously, if you want to stay at UTEP, you want to make sure that by the time a new coach is settled in and the staff gets hired, that we haven't yet seen the, uh, the roster totally take a different shape and form. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it, it's definitely something. It's uncharted waters that you know I haven't been to before. Uh, you want somebody that's going to come in. You want somebody that's going to be exciting. Uh, you want something that's going to give you hope and spark something for a new future. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, um, we just got to kind of wait and see and be patient at the moment and, and kind of see what's on the horizon. So, Kate, with this whole situation. Every day feels like an eternity. And that's, I mean, that's from a media perspective. It's from a fan perspective. I can't even imagine what it's like for a uh, player perspective because, like we're talking about right here, it's players hitting the portal that were in your locker room at the same time. And every day that comes, every day that goes, is just another day left with uncertainty. Right. You know, I, and, and to. At, you know, speak on what Steve was talking about the transfer portal, and you were saying right there. You know, it's it's every guy's choice to. You know, everyone has a different story and a different reason for exploring their options or staying. You know, and you can never you know single out any one person because the transfer portal is like this big mosh pit of everybody trying to do what's best for them or trying to get something better and all these different things. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have some respect for the guys that stick it out with you and then stay there, uh, and, and and you try to create that nucleus. So hope I hope that that's exactly what happens this year. Um, but you're right. As the longer that this goes on, the longer that we don't have a head coach, the longer that you know guys continue to go into the transfer portal, and all the guys that you played alongside with last year in sweat, blood, tears over the last you know how 12 games. Um, the longer that goes on, the longer it feels like things start to get a little bit more distant, and you start getting a little bit more worried. What do you want to see with the next coach here? Yeah, I, I want to see. Uh, I want to see inspiration. I want to see something positive and something exciting that people are going to really uh, love and, and want to look forward to. There's got to be a reason to look forward to the future with with a lot of excitement not just for fans not just for players not just in the front office but as a community as a whole you know there's a lot of things that we can do in order to up our football program because ultimately if you're not going to come out here to be a conference championship type of program then what are we out here for that's exactly yeah. right. Do you kind of feel like this college football landscape, the way it's at right now, you're seeing good players hit the portal. You're seeing starters hit the portal. Uh, if coach, if the coaching change happens within a college, they hit the portal as well. Portal, when, when it's officially open on Monday, it seems like it's going to be unlike we've ever seen before, which is interesting in itself. Yeah, you know, I, I, I continue every year, you know, ever since you're in high school, through junior college, and then here, you look at the portal, and every year I try to, like, figure it out. I try to look more into it and try to understand 
understand, okay, well, how many guys really go in and how many get out and, like, what's the real scope of everything? And I feel like it's different every year. You can, It's so unpredictable. I feel like it's the Wild West. And with the way that, you know, college sports and specifically college football has evolved over the last couple of years, um, it looks like dollar signs start to run everything. And, and whether people want to resist that and because it's not, you know, the old way of how things happen or whether people are really in favor of it because that's just how the way, you know, college football is working, um, we're, we're kind of there. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how it all shakes out. I'm still going to try to figure out the transfer portal once again and see how it works. But I feel like every single time I, I look at my phone and I look up, it's another guy went into the transfer portal, another guy. And not just from our team. I'm talking about all around the country. Quarterbacks I see from all over the country at, at different schools, guys that have played, guys that have been down on the depth chart, guys that are at great schools with, with NIL and all these. It's, it's, they come from all over. Um, so I feel like there's no rhyme or reason to it, uh, but it definitely has a huge impact. That being said, you have made your intentions known to us and to people listening on the radio for quite a while now that you want to stay in El Paso, you like UTEP, you like everything about it here, and all you're really looking for is an opportunity to compete while you're here for this next head coach, whoever that might be, for a chance to try to earn a job. Absolutely. That's all you can ask for as a player. You know, I, I have a huge problem with players um, that, you know, ask for promising of starting positions. I don't think that that's necessarily something that anybody should expect or ask for. That's not what I'm asking just because I got to start the last six games of the year. I'm, I'm looking for a coach uh, that wants to come in and give me an opportunity and likes what he sees in me and the rest of the players here and is excited to move forward in a positive direction toward ultimately a conference championship. Yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of fans want to see as well. Have you ever been involved in a situation like this uh, in your life in JUCO? Did you ever have a coaching uh, vacancy while you were playing? Or you only spent one year really playing JUCO, so you never had to deal with anything like this, right? No, I've never had to deal with anything like this. Um, I had a, the, the coach I had in high school was his first year when I first got there in high school, so I had the same coach the entire time. Uh, my coach at junior college has been coaching there for almost 30 years and is still going strong. Um, and, and, you know, here, obviously, this is the first time I've ever been going I've ever gone through this you know I didn't know what to expect I've never been in the offices where you're sitting there and you're talking with all the rest of the coaches after you know coach Dimmel had just been fired it's a very weird feeling um, and the truth is is that you know we were all that kid at one point that just wanted an opportunity to play division one college football and that's the story for a lot of us here at UTEP and that coaching staff and coach Dimmel staff gave us that opportunity and then when they're not all in the building you know on Sunday right after we've just finished playing our season on Saturday it's a very it's a very weird feeling and it doesn't sit too well in your stomach so uh, on social media we've seen a lot of fans suggest or question why there's so many players in the transfer portal and then they get mad at the portal and then they get mad at, at being a utep fan and stuff like that what's the misconception there from a player's perspective because it's easy from a fan side of things of saying gosh i hate when guys go into the portal left and right but when you're a player itself Give us that uh, perspective that our listeners need to understand when it comes to this situation in particular. Yeah, you know, you really have to, you can't look at it from such an outside perspective because it really generalizes a lot of things and it's very surface level when you're looking at it from the outside. You know, every guy has a different story and to be completely candid, it may be a guy that thought that he outperformed his time at UTEP and he wants to go try to be in a Power 5 school. It may be a guy that thought that he doesn't like El Paso and he wants to live in a different area. It may have been a guy that has a family close by at a different area and, and wants to go to a different school. There's there's so many different stories. Um, but I will say the thing that, you know, we can do as a program and that we can do as a as a organization at UTEP is try to be on par or better than all the rest of our competition. You know, every college football 
is a multi-billion dollar industry that is innovating and creating new things and, and doing big things every single year. It seems like the, you know, you always hear that on the, the, the ticker on ESPN, you know, someone got this or someone did that, you know, these big headlines for these big schools. And the more that you push for that innovative and that, and that new surge and, and to advance and progress as a program, the more that you're going to get guys to stay here or come here, which is ultimately exactly what you're doing in recruiting, right? Yeah, it really is. So that's going to be the storyline I think that a lot of us are going to be tracking, yourself included, is what's going to happen over the next week or so. Uh, but that feeling of uncertainty, that feeling of uneasiness, I think that's normal right now for a player because you don't know, number one, who's coming in. You don't know if they're going to want you to stick around or, or say that there's no place for you. And that's, that's, that's a really tough thing to be going through right now for the next week or two. It is, but you know, my message to the who, any coach that comes in, and my message to all the other players, and it, it should be for them to the new coach is, you know, I'm here, and I'm here to be part of the nucleus that's going to hopefully propel this program for the years to come into a positive place. I want to be the reason that the guys that stuck around made an impact on the city, the community, and the football program. And I'm here to stick it out with you. We're gonna we're gonna do all the summer workouts. We're gonna do all the lifting, all the preparing, and learning a new offense or, or a new defense and, and anything like that. And, and trying to get ready for the years to come and, and do it with it with a whole lot of purpose and attitude. All right. Good start to the show. We appreciate that. Kate McConnell, who's been with us uh, for about the last uh, six months or so, is going to be sticking around during the program today. UTEP stopped by, by the way, a moment ago. Jeff from UTEP Athletics said he was told you were wanting to work in athletics. He's like, well, how come he never decided to work in our athletic department like he told us when he first got here? Why is he with you? Well, that's because I love you guys, number one. I, I, lo I love talking on the show with you guys. Uh, it's a whole lot of fun. And I did have a conversation with Jeff, but I also had a conversation with you guys. Um, and just the way all the cards shook out with scheduling and, 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 you know, all that stuff during the football season, you guys have been nothing but awesome. And I'm happy to sit right here at this table. You made the right choice. I'm just going to tell you. Okay, good. You made the right choice. All right. Good start. We'll come back. We'll do a little of baseball with Jay Jaffe. Kate's here with us for about the rest of the next uh, two hours and ten minutes. We'll get you ready for UTEP Hoops tonight. Miners and Texas A&M Corpus Christi coming up 6.30 from the Don Haskins Center. In the meantime, let's go to Charlie One and get our first traffic update of the afternoon. Coming your way live at the District, 32-33 North Mesa, on the patio outside, hanging out with Adrian Broadus, along with uh, Cade McConnell. We've got a chance to talk a little baseball and beer with our pal Jay Jaffe here in a moment. Jay should be with us uh, momentarily from Fangraphs.com. It's been a busy last couple of weeks uh, for the Jaffe family as well. They've been going through a move and uh, going into a, a new home after years in an apartment. So Jay needed some time to gather uh, everything together and uh, then come back. And, man, he's got a lot of stuff on the website right now at Fangraphs. He is going through the Hall of Fame ballot for 2024. That is definitely something you don't want to miss. The 2024 Hall of Fame ballot is, is good. He also talked about uh, one of the big signings uh, this offseason with uh, Sonny Gray going to the Cardinals for three years and $75 million. And uh, in just a moment, we'll have an opportunity to bring Jay to the show and uh, talk uh, a little baseball with him here on the program. In the meantime, want to remind you that there are some great specials as well. And, Adrian, I know you've got some of those for us. Yeah, exactly, Steve. Uh, we are out here at the District West, 3233 North Mesa. Come on down, join us. $7 cheeseburger with fries, $3.50 rolled tacos, uh, and that is 3233 North Mesa. Come on out and join us ahead of UTEP Hoops out here at the District West. And, Steve, we do have Jay Jaffe. Well, let's bring him up and uh, say hello to uh, Jay 
who, as we mentioned, first time in a couple of weeks he's been with us. I hope the move was terrific. And with the free agency underway and uh, your Hall of Fame ballad rolling out on fan graphs, obviously a, a lot for you to be talking about right now. Yeah, it's been a very busy few weeks here. We've uh, we, we moved uh, within Brooklyn here. We've got uh, boxes strewn everywhere, but uh, uh, we've made considerable headway in, in terms of unpacking. Uh, I've tried. I got a nice little break to, uh, from from the writing to, to try to deal with all this stuff, but I'm back at it now. Very busy week. I just uh, uh, put up a piece on uh, uh, the two umpires on the contemporary baseball ballot and. Uh, um, have been working through my uh, my candidates on the uh, BBWA ballot as well. Well, Ed Montague and Joe West, who you're talking about on the Contemporary uh, Baseball Era Committee, and then uh, you also had a chance to talk about Sonny Gray to the Cardinals, something uh, I, I want to talk about with you here. But free agency is underway, a lot of excitement in free agency, as you might imagine, and uh, there is one particular player who I think everybody is excited about in terms of baseball because of, uh, you know, the potential of Yamamoto going to the New York Yankees. I've seen that, how he might be their uh, front runner. He is the, the hottest pitcher right now on the market. The Yankees, we know, need pitching. And uh, I'll be very interested to see how, uh, now that he's been posted, who will land him and how much money it'll cost. Yeah, I mean, any team that's in the market for frontline pitching is 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 checking in on him and and you know that includes the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers. Um I would expect that he is going to land a very large contract uh and uh uh slot in uh the front of uh, just about any team's rotation that that signs him. I think so too. Um and meanwhile other pitchers are getting good deals. I mean look, Sonny Gray just picked up 75 million for 3 years with the Cardinals. Cardinals kind of have an interesting staff. They're bringing Lance Lynn back on a one-year deal with an option. Now 3 years for Sonny Gray. I feel like they're just going back to some of the veteran pitchers after giving so many youngsters a chance in that rotation the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, until the until the Sonny Gray signing, I don't think it was a lot to write home about. I mean, what they've done uh, is they've added three of the top, I think, 23 uh, pitchers in terms of innings uh, this past year, but uh, neither Lance Lynn nor Kyle Gibson was particularly effective. Uh, those are back-of-the-rotation types. Sonny Gray is more of a front-of-the-rotation type. Um, and a, a nice addition at three years. I mean, he's he's a bit older, bit older than uh, the other top pitchers in this free agent class. Uh, and so this is a deal that kind of mitigates the risk by only going three years. Um, but, uh, you know, he's coming off a very strong season uh, to, to enter free agency. And for him to uh, uh, for them to land him at the price they did, I thought was uh, uh, was a nice move. I agree with you. But uh, everybody's still talking about the big, big ones. Uh, that would be somebody like Shohei Otani, Juan Soto. I mean, those seem to be the two biggest names right now in Major League Baseball free agency. Well, Soto's not a free agent yet. He'll be a free agent after next season. But he's—they're talking about him as a, as a trade possibility because it's widely presumed uh, the Padres won't be able to retain him. Um, Otani, yeah, I mean he's the plumb of the free agent market, even though he won't be able to pitch in 2024 due to surgery to repair his uh, ulnar collateral ligament. Um, you know, I, I don't think this is going to uh, happen before the winter meetings, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, by the end of the winter meetings we've got some resolution there. Um, you know, he's going to break the bank, uh, whoever he signs with. 
You're right. And you're right about Soto. I think he's got what, one year left before he becomes a free agent. So um, the Padres have already, we keep hearing that they're going to probably unload him. We know the Yankees are going to be interested in potential players. We also know that the Mariners might be uh, also looking to Edwan Soto. I'm fascinated to see what the return will be for San Diego. And will they get anywhere close to the value that they gave up when they acquired him from Washington? Well, it'll be different because he will, you know, he, he he will have played a year and a half for them, and he's he's much closer to free agency now. So I would not expect the return to be, uh, you know, parallel what, uh, uh, you know, what it costs to to acquire him. Um, you know, that's the that's the the risk you take when you when you when you sign these guys or when you trade for these guys ahead of their free agency is basically they're dwindling assets every year that you keep them. Uh, the return. You know, in trade is is going to be less, and if they held on to him in, until July, uh, it would it would be even less than it is now. Makes sense. Uh, I think Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams were the two big pieces, and then they traded away a couple of their top prospects in the process. So, you know, um, the funny thing is, Yankees have a great farm system. So, if in fact, uh, you know, it's uh, that's what San Diego is looking for, maybe they want to try to go out and get Jason Dominguez in that return. Who knows? A young, controllable outfielder. I'll be very interested to see what happens when it's all said and done. Yeah, it's you know if they move him, it's going to be one of the biggest trades of the winter, no doubt. Meanwhile, how about this news? Jeff Passan broke this literally a minute ago. Luis Severino and the New York Mets a one-year, thirteen million dollar contract. Huh, interesting. Um, yeah, I you know Severino is is uh, uh, an enigma. I mean, he's coming off some uh, you know a lot of injuries and and uh, a disastrous performance this year. Uh, 665 earned run average, negative 0.6 WAR. Uh, 2022, he was pretty good, but uh, had lat problems and was limited to just 102 innings. Uh, but uh, was was more typical uh, in in terms of his performance. But he really has has only made uh, 40 starts since uh, the start of the, since the end of the 2018 season. Um, you know, had Tommy John surgery, has had some other uh, injury problems. Um, you know, if if he's healthy, I think he's got a good chance of being uh, uh, a solid middle of the rotation starter. But um, the Mets are going to have to figure out what went wrong for him last year besides the health stuff. Um, change of scenery is probably good. I know he was unhappy with the way that uh, uh, the Yankees handled his trips to the injury list uh, uh, in 2022. And uh, I imagine that uh, um, that that uh, just getting out of uh, uh, the Bronx will be uh, a positive for him. Jay Jaffe talking uh, baseball with us here on the show as we continue. Uh, Jason Hayward signed, uh, re-signed with the Dodgers, one year, $9 million. Did you like the move for Los Angeles? Hayward put together a, a, a pretty decent offensive season for him last year. Yeah, he, you know, he, he was uh, a very good fit for the Dodgers, who were able to limit uh, his exposure to left-handed pitching. Uh, he was extremely effective against righties. I think he only had like 26 plate appearances against lefties. Uh, hit very well, uh, showed some good power, played great defense that allowed uh, the Dodgers to, to move Mookie, Mookie Betts uh, uh, into the infield, which they they definitely needed uh, given all the injuries and underperformances that they had. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a big deal for them. And, and uh, you know, uh, one year, $9 million, yeah, it sounds expensive, but uh, uh, for the type of role player, the you know, top-notch role player the Dodgers wanted, uh, this is a good fit. I know they liked his clubhouse presence as well. 
Jay, uh, you wrote uh, about the Hall of Fame ballot before the individual profiles. You had a story that went up about nine days ago with big questions about the ballot that you talked about, especially with who's on it this year. Um, it is an interesting ballot when you really start to look at it. Adrian Beltre makes his debut. You've got Joe Maurer, Chase Utley, and then guys like Todd Helton and Billy Wagner coming back. Uh, this is going to be a pretty interesting vote to see who will get in. And you figure Beltre is a lock. Um, Maurer and Utley could very well be possibilities. Maybe not first ballot, but I could see them in Cooperstown and Helton and Wagner as well. So I'm interested to see what happens when it's all said and done. Yeah, I, you know, I, it's going to be a crowded class. I think you know, you've got two returning candidates who are close to election as well. Todd Helton with about 72% and Billy Wagner with about 68%, plus Gary Sheffield in his final year after getting 55% last year. So I think we're going to see uh, three guys get in from among that group. I don't know if Maurer's going to get in this time. I think he's gonna, it's going to take some convincing. Uh, there's a reason that I've scheduled him as the first uh, of the newcomer candidates uh, for my evaluation. I want that profile to be talked about, um, have give people enough time to uh, uh, consider his case, because I think... Um, it's not quite as obvious as it should be to some, uh, given the relative brevity of his career, just how great he was, and he was absolutely phenomenal. What about Chase Utley? Do you feel the same way about him at second base for what he was able to do all those years? I love Chase Utley as, as a player. I think that he's going to take a lot of convincing. He fell short because he got a late start to his career. Uh, the Phillies kept him in the minors for so long. He fell short of 2,000 hits, which has been um, – uh, kind of a a, uh, a a proxy for for having too short a career. Um, no, no, uh, the writers have not elected anybody from the post nineteen sixty expansion era with fewer than two thousand hits. Um, that includes guys like Bobby Gritch, Dick Allen, uh, Minnie Minoso, until he was credited with uh, uh, enough hits to get him over that line uh, via the Negro Leagues uh, st- statistical integration. Um, there's a bunch of others uh, in there as well, so I think it's going to take it's going to take some convincing. I don't think this is going to this is going to be a short process. I think we'll be talking about Utley five years from now. Still, yeah. uh, hopefully, he'll be trending towards election. Um, we'll you see. Know, you know, it's 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 uh, he's got a great case in my eyes. There's a lot of guys I would put in the Hall of Very Good that are uh, first year guys on the ballot. Guys like Jose Bautista. Um, Bartolo Colon, David Wright is in that list as well. Guys that, that had really nice uh, careers. Um, Matt Holliday is also a first-timer. I'm interested to see what, you know, what his voting total is. And then, you know, some other guys like James Shields for the first year, Brandon Phillips, Victor Martinez, um, Adrian Gonzalez, Bartolo Colon. I mean, I, I'm, I'm interested to see when it's all said and done, uh, if any of the guys we mentioned, other than really Beltre, Utley, and, um, and also Maurer, ever get a serious look at Cooperstown when it's all said and done? Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, expect that most of those guys will, and it's possible that uh, uh, maybe Wright lingers down on the ballot. Uh, he's the guy who I think was on a Hall of Fame path before all the injuries, the spinal stenosis <coughs> took their toll on his career. Uh, Holiday. I uh, had some very good seasons, uh, but just not enough of them. Um, Bartolo Colon was a lot of fun, particularly in that third act of his career. But he was also suspended for PED usage. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that he's got a realistic shot at an election. <coughs> um, 
So I think it's really those big three, Maurer, Utley, and, and uh, Beltre, that uh, are the ones that are going to be talked about uh, the most and the ones um, uh, besides Beltre, uh, you know, we might still be talking about next year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how things develop, that's for sure. Jay, I'm assuming you've got uh, more uh, Hall of Fame profiles here in the days and weeks to come and maybe sprinkle in uh, a trade or two and a free agent signing or two as things start to develop. Yeah, I, I'm going to get Mauer out for Friday here, hopefully, uh, and then I'll be going to the winter meetings in Nashville. Uh, so next week is going to be uh, candidates that uh, have been on the ballot before. It's kind of tough to write uh, and keep abreast of the trade news while I'm uh, trade and, and free agent news while while I'm at the winter meetings. Um, but uh, hopefully by the end of next week, we'll get uh, another one of those out. Probably, probably uh, uh, Adrian Beltre. We'll see. Um, you know, the, the idea is uh, uh, to have most of the top candidates done uh, before Christmas here because uh, um, we're, our site goes dark during the uh, Christmas to New Year's week, uh, with the exception of my, uh, my, my post about uh, my final 10 on my ballot or however many I, I wind up with. All right. Well, listen, you've had a lot of weeks to drink beer and think about what you want to profile for our <laughs> listeners today. Uh, what's, uh, what's next up on the Jaffe beer list? Uh, well, let's. Let's see here. You know, I just did a check uh, not too long ago to make sure that Three's Brewing delivers uh, to my new address, and in fact, they do. So uh, here's one from my fridge. I may have talked about it before. This is the Three's All or Nothing uh, IPA. It's characterized as a West Coast IPA. Um, it's uh, uh, got uh, uh, notes of clementine and... Uh, um, uh, pine to it, a little bit uh, different from the East Coast IPAs that, that Freeze is so famous for. Uh, Simcoe, Mosaic, Strata, Cascade, and Columbus Hops. Some of those tried and true ones that we've been talking about for 10 years uh, or more. <clears throat> but this is, a bit, I think, a bit softer than your, your average uh, West Coast IPA from several years ago. Uh, dry hopped and, and uh, very tasty, very fruity, uh, very easy drinking. Good stuff. Jay, welcome back. Good to have you on. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate the time, and uh, always good uh, talking baseball and beer with you on the show. All right. Sounds great, Steve. Thanks. From Jay Jaffe, right back to a plenty more live out here. We're hanging out with you. The district, sun starting to set, 440, uh, is it 4.40, and the sun is setting in El Paso. This is what happens when you haven't been uh, live on location in a while. We'll come back, uh, more guests, more with Cade, as Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back here out at the District West, 32-33 North Mesa. We're getting ready for some UTEP basketball. They're taking on the Texas A&M Corpus Christi Islanders. This is the pregame tip-off party. Come on out and join us all the way up to the countdown to tip-off show with Voice of the Miners, John Teicher and Steve Yellen out at the Don Haskins Center getting ready for this one. That's coming up here at 6.30. Happy hour specials are happening right now. 275 on domestics out here, 375 on wells. You could also take advantage before you get out to the UTEP game. Come on out and join us and get a great burger. It's just $7, a cheeseburger with fries. They're, they're delicious, by by the way, and not to mention the roll tacos as well. 350 here at the District West, 3233 North Mesa. Come on out and join us out here. And by the way, here at the District, they are getting ready for the official party with Nick Diaz. If you are a UFC fan, you know the name Nick Diaz. He's coming out 
Saturday, January 6th, and he is actually doing a meet and greet. He's having, uh, and this is all happening here at the District West, 3233 North Mesa. In fact, table reservations only for this event. If you want uh, reservations to this one, check out on Instagram at the District West or give them a call at 915-800-1056 for the district. Well, it's time to talk by El Paso Day, and we've got Carlos Pedruesa here from the Better Business Bureau and by El Paso as well. Uh, Carlos, welcome back on the program. We just had you on not too long ago. First off, how's everything going? A lot to catch up with on by El Paso, and I'm just getting ready, uh, so excited that we're getting ready to talk by El Paso Day coming up this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, Adrian. It's great to see you again. And yes, we'll be celebrating the fourth annual by El Paso Day this Saturday, December the 2nd. And what better way to kick off the holiday shopping season than by showing your love for these local businesses and as well as showing some support for the bio, for the El Paso economy. So, all right, when everybody, let, let's just talk about this one. Because when you say buy El Paso, the first thing I think of is shopping local and, and uh, helping the patrons that are out here doing what they do on a daily basis, small businesses across this city. Uh, what does buy El Paso mean to you? Just that phrase. Buy El Paso means shopping local. Uh, our tagline is when you love El Paso, you shop El Paso. So that's really the purpose behind this program that's been going on since 2020, is to highlight the importance of shopping locally, supporting this local business, this local economies. Uh, you know, these business owners, they work hard every day. They're our neighbors. Um, so it's better to spend the money here than to send it out somewhere else to big retailers, Amazon, etc. Yeah. What would you say your best uh, advice is for people who are out shopping for gifts because you know I go on social media on the time and I get targeted with all these different ads sometimes I'm like all right yeah this is Foot Locker of course I can trust this one but then other times I get targeted with weird ads and I'm thinking wait a second a laptop shouldn't cost a dollar 22 cents that I'm getting targeted on this kind of stuff what's going on here so what are what do you say to customers or anybody out there who's getting ready to start doing some shopping online specifically you know I would tell them to take advantage of biopass this Saturday, December the 2nd, because um, it's really simple. All they have to do is go to buyep.org. Right there, we will have a full directory of all the participating businesses. All they have to do is look at that directory, figure out which businesses they want to visit, uh, go ahead, visit them, make a purchase, and you'll be participating in Buy El Paso Day. And by doing so, uh, you'll have the opportunity to walk away with really cool limited edition uh, El Paso-themed merch. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, those rewards, which include a stadium bag, which I know your listeners probably know that going to the stadium, you have to have a transparent stadium bag that fits certain parameters or they won't let you in. We've made sure that this bag fits all of those requirements so you could go to Chihuahua's games, you could go to Locomotive games, you could go to UTEP games and be let in with that bag. Um, also, they'll be giving out a T-shirt that's been designed by local artist Christine Apodaca. It's a really cool T-shirt with a very unique El Paso-themed design. Um, you know, you won't find this T-shirt anywhere else except on Buy El Paso Day. Um, there'll be other prices. And besides that, uh, we'll also be having an exclusive giveaway through our social media. So all you have to do is go on Instagram at Buy El Paso. 
uh, follow the Bio Paso page, and then when you're out shopping during that day, go ahead and take a picture while you're at the business, a story, whatever it is, tag the Bio Paso Instagram, and use the hashtag Bio Paso Day to be entered into this raffle giveaway. Uh, what they can win, we'll have two winners. And what it is, it's a handful of gift cards that we've collected from these participating businesses that will total over $100 that we'll be giving out to two lucky winners. Okay, Carlos, uh, I want to ask you this one because this is a big one for me. Last year, I was I participated in Buy El Paso, so I'm actually a consumer to this. I, I know what Buy El Paso is. I got the tote bag from last yeah. year, which was one of my favorite things. I still use it like yeah. when I go to the grocery store. My wife uses it all the time as well. So I love that bag. You guys are back at it again this year with a clear bag this time around. So you're mixing it up year after year. How have you seen Bio Paso grow year after year? Because last year it was fantastic. This year it looks like it's better than ever. Yeah, absolutely. Those Mercado bags that you're mentioning, we've been giving it out for a couple of years. And we just thought we'd change it up a little bit this year. And try to think about well what do people really need and this um clear stadium bag is something that we came up with because you know it's not something that people usually have you don't think about it unless you're somebody that goes uh constantly to these sporting events so we thought this would be something really unique that can serve people uh in turn you know you you're going out to chihuahua's games you're going out to locomotive games you're going out to utep games so by giving away this bag as part of one of these rewards we felt it would really be a good pull for all these consumers that are interested in supporting by el paso day so let's run it down one more time by el paso so uh, is a buyep.org. You could check out the Buy El Paso Rewards. You could still sign up for that. You could check out the full directory and see the businesses that are participating in this. You could also check out the giveaway. So we talked about a lot of giveaways today. If uh, all these went over your head, if you're listening to this and this all went over your head, don't worry. You could check out buyep.org and see all the giveaways that they're going to be having, plus the Buy El Paso gift guide. Tell us a little bit about that, Carlos. That's a really cool thing in itself. Kind of already think about, hey, what can I get my significant other? What can I get my family member here for the holidays? Yeah, absolutely. The gift guide is something that we've been having for the last couple of years. It'll kind of highlight um, a certain item that each local business is putting up from to be like, this is a really good pull item. So like you said, it's it's great for making up those ideas of what you're going to get um, your family members, your friends, because there is a plethora of businesses in that gift guide that could give you so many different ideas that could give you, uh, like you said, ideas for unique uh, gifts, which is really what we're looking for. Um, I also wanted to mention, Adrian, that businesses that are looking to participate in Bio Paso Day, there is still time to sign up. All you need to do is go to epbusinessstrong.org and sign up for the Bio Paso Rewards program. Once you get your application approved, you'll be able to participate in Bio Paso Day and have the bags and the shirts and the items given out to you. Okay, that's great news, Carlos. Uh, last thing, I, ha I would be remiss if I didn't talk to you about the Better Business Bureau. Uh, you guys are going as strong as ever. Hey, New Year's doesn't have to be uh, on January 1st. We can start New Year's resolutions right now. And for businesses that need to know about how they can earn a little bit more trust with their own uh, employees, uh, they can earn more trust within their customers as well. Tell us a little bit about how businesses can apply for accreditation through the Better Business Bureau and uh, a little bit about how the BBB is doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yes, Adrian, absolutely. So if you're a business interested in BBB accreditation, you can visit bbb.org. We do have a page of information there where you can apply for your accreditation. You could always visit us at our office here locally 
550 East Paisano will be happy to get you in, explain to you what accreditation is. And people know that uh, BBB accredited businesses go through extreme vetting to make sure that they uh, come into accreditation. You were mentioning earlier those businesses that you see online advertising these weird prices or things that just don't make sense. You know, we vet for that. We make sure that the businesses that are accredited advertise honestly and follow our standards of trust um, in order to maintain their accreditation. So it's a way for consumers to make sure that they're dealing with an ethical business by dealing with a BBB accredited business. And the way that they can find out if that uh, business is accredited is to visit our directory at bbb.org. There you could find a plethora of BBB accredited businesses across all business sectors. Awesome. Good stuff, Carlos. Always great to see you, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Adrian. Carlos Pedruesa, by El Paso Day, coming up Saturday. Check it out, buyep.org. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, more with Cade McConnell, more on Sports Talk as we get ready for the big UTEP, uh, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi game coming up here. 6.30, countdown to tip-off on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. It's hour number two here on the program. Sports talk slash minor talk continues. It's the pregame show ahead of the countdown to tip-off show out here at the District West. 32-33 North Mesa. If you're anywhere in the area, come on out and join us. They've got $7 cheeseburgers with fries, 350 rolled tacos. If you're heading out to the UTEP game tonight, come on out, join us. Get a bite to eat, get a drink. They've got happy hour specials happening right now. $275 on domestic beers. They've got $375 on all the Wells drinks out here as well. And you can come on out, join us right next to the university. It's the District West, 3233 North Mesa, as we continue here in hour number two, Steve. That's right. We got a lot to talk about. Cade McConnell with us right now, UTEP quarterback. Uh, we've been talking a lot to Cade over the course of the last uh, hour, and uh, we're going to do that as well now as uh, we continue here on the show. Cade, uh, a good question came in from Adrian at Enemy Win the number three. He says, um, Steve, what recourse do players have that stay if the new coach doesn't want them? So that's the question is, let's say you decide to stay, but the coach tells you, you know what, there's really not a lot of room for you. Um, I guess based on your scholarship, coaches I don't think are allowed to just get rid of you in football the way they can in other sports. From what I've always been told, it's a binding uh, four-year agreement that uh, you're there, but no athlete I know would want to stick around if they're being told from a new coach that there's really no plans or place for them in the future of the program. You're exactly right. You know, I'm not sure if coaches can physically force you out by rule. However, if a coach were to come in and say, I think it's best for you to go into the transfer portal and you told him no, um, I think that, you know, coaches with, with their livelihood and their jobs online, if they want things how they want it and they are bold enough to tell you, we don't want you on this team anymore, there's not going to be a fit for you, I'm sure that they can find a lot of ways to make your time as a Division One athlete not very pleasant here if you're going to play for them. So that's why when a coach comes in and says that, there's really not a whole lot the player that can do other than try to seek something else. Have you heard this from other players or other other guys that you know across college football? They'll tell you, hey, a new coach came in and, yeah, this, this 
this ended up happening. Things just didn't work out. You know? I, I have heard that. I have heard that from other guys. I've actually had former teammates, teammates that I actually just talked to today right before I came on the show um, with Division One athletes that for one reason or another, whether it was a coach coming in or whether it was them being there for a short amount of time, and they were like, oh, we maybe they didn't recruit very well and they thought that somebody was the player that they weren't, and then they quickly found out, oh, maybe we don't want him on our roster anymore, and there are definitely coaches that are bold enough to come and bring a guy into an office and say, listen, for one reason or another, you know, uh, I don't think it's working out here. I don't know if you're the best fit for the team. I think you'd be best suited going into the transfer portal and seeking something else. Yeah, and most of the time uh, when a new coach comes in, the first thing they want to do is talk to the team as a group, and then I'm sure they'll be setting up individual meetings. But because the portal window is open and it's not open forever, it's kind of a tricky situation too, isn't it? Because... I forget how long the portal is open, but I know it's a shorter window now. So I believe that the portal opens twice now, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, a perfect on all the dates that happen with this. But there's some time I know it. The people can go into the portal right now. However, they're not going to get contacted legally and directly in talks right now as opposed whereas December 4th that can actually happen so December 4th is when officially that transfer portal windows open and I believe it closes sometime mid-January is what sounds about right and then it'll open back up again in the spring once spring ball concludes for everyone so the the reason for those windows is you know so there's a little bit of a streamlined time for everybody to kind of process it like I said it's kind of like the wild west and it kind of goes crazy the 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 reason for the two segmented times to go into the transfer portal and get out of the transfer portal are so that coaches and players can manage it. Makes sense, because apparently here it says that uh, as far as the window will go, because I'm looking at it right now, it's it's interesting. 30-day window, um, and I, I guess that is, you know, part of the, the, the window now is only 30 days, so it's, it's not as many as you think. And I guess also 45-day windows, 60 windows, um, there's been a lot of talk, you know, I guess it used to be 60 days. Now it's 45 days for FBS football. And that's and they've got that broken up into the two periods. You know, it's interesting, Steve, because we're not only talking about uh, portal timelines right now, but there's also the other rule that's out there in college football, the two time transfer rule that that looms over all of this. So you kind of factor in the transfer windows that you're talking about and the fact that, hey, some of these guys aren't getting cleared for waivers when they're Good transferring. Point. Uh, in multiple schools 30 days in the fall 15 days in the spring is is how it works but you know the good news is again there's time to find out what's going to happen and how this is going to work but most coaches when they inherit a program they're looking to try to keep who's left intact especially if they feel like they've got talent to work with nobody wants to come in and have to completely overhaul a program overnight it's just not a recipe for success ask Deion sanders what that was like at colorado started out great but they finished uh, with what four wins and uh, no bowl game exactly you know and that's uh, the the pressing issue here at UTEP right now is the transfer portal is something that players are hopping into at a rapid rate everywhere across the country and it's uh, you know ever so imminent right now that a coach comes in and is able to talk to all the players that are going to be here um, address the school keep players that are going to want to stay here um, maybe persuade some people who thought that they were going to leave and then get guys fill the places of people that are going to ultimately transfer Comments coming in on social from Adolfo at Braves Fan 1313. Cade McConnell is pure awesomeness. He gets it. This from um, 
Leo underscore Miners fan. I really enjoy the player's perspective from McConnell and him being very uh, forthright about it. And that's uh, just a, a sample of our uh, regulars that are uh, getting in on, uh, on on X or Twitter today and, and really uh, getting a chance to comment on the conversation they're hearing. Yeah, and actually, uh, friend of the program and dad of our guest, Sean McConnell, sends us this. Scholarships are year-to-year only. They can be let go each spring. And then he informs us it's December 4th through January 2nd, this current winter transfer portal window. Okay. It's funny, though, because even if scholarships are year-to-year, I've always been told that coaches don't do that because if a football coach is taking away scholarships, word will get out quickly and schools will use that against you. So it's really kind of a, a delicate thing to deal with because you just don't want to have the reputation of being somebody that will take scholarships away as quickly as you offer it. No, you don't want that reputation, but I will say, you know, in contrast to that, the world of college football has become very volatile, and we talk about the transfer portal, we'll talk about it more on this show, I'm sure, but players are using coaches to bounce pad from one school to the next coaches are using players in order to bounce pad themselves and you know you hear about committing and loyalty and then decommitting and there's so much traffic that goes on with all that that sometimes steve that exactly what you talked about right there reputation or some things like that kind of get lost in translation you know everyone feels that well that won't be me that won't be me that's not going to be my case or something like that so no a coach does not want to you know be known for that or have that type of reputation but coaches absolutely can get away with that and that can be swept under the rug one thing i will say in my time here at utep with coach dimmel he has been nothing but a player's coach and loved every single guy that he's brought in nurtured us and tried to bring us along to the best players that we could be and there was none of that stuff going on and yet uh on sunday when news came that uh coach dimmel had been relieved of his duties as head coach uh, and there would be a buyout for next season. You had the opportunity on Monday to get together and talk to your assistant coaches. I know many of those you've developed a very close bond with over the last couple of years since you arrived here at UTEP. Yeah, you know, it's it's really tough. And like I said, it's I feel like you got new parents, you know, the parents that you go to the facility and you see and they coach you every single day and you're around them from 6 o'clock in the morning until 4 o'clock at night, you know, for most of those days, Monday through Friday at practice, and then you're out there on Saturday and when those guys, you know, you're not, they're not going to be around anymore. They were the guys that gave every single person that's there at UTEP over the past six years that they had been there a chance to play there. You know, it, it hurts. It's sad. Um, you know, I only hope the best for every single one of those coaches but it, because I can honestly say each of them were great people. Was it a strange feeling for you on Saturday afternoon and your teammates playing a game where you probably knew that ultimately it was the last game of the coaching staff that you'd been a part of? You know, you try not to think about it too much. You know, you try to focus on the things that you can control and whether or not your head coach is going to come back is one of those that you can't control too much other than the fact that you try to go out and just play your best game you possibly can. You know that, you know, there was obviously rumors around going around. You know, you can't turn a blind ear to it uh, too much and just and just not hear about any of it. So when you go out on the field, you know, it's in the back of your mind that this could be a last. And any time in life, you know, you know, you, this something might be your last. It becomes a little bit more special and you start noticing the little things and taking the 
time to tell everybody how much you appreciate them, how much you love them. And then regardless, even if the coaching staff came back, that's going to be the last time that you got with that specific group of players. You know, every year guys graduate, switch schools, leave, all that type of stuff. You know, that Liberty game we knew with, you know, no bowl game in, in sight, uh, that was going to be the last time that we had that squad together. So you start paying attention to the little things. It becomes a little bit more sentimental, and you start, you know, appreciating the small things. I got two things on the game specifically. In that matchup, uh, you you connect with Kelly Akari, and you had a great play. On the uh, on the flip side, uh, you know, it was a 64-yard pass. It ends up, uh, you know, Deion Hankins punches it out from two yards out afterward, and you guys score a touchdown. Uh, later in the game, you throw a pick uh, as well so you get kind of the good and the bad in that game how do you assess your play from this past weekend um on that one i just felt like it was a miscommunication from the interception uh, and how you know maybe a, a wide receiver did not right the run the right route yeah well to address that first yes it was miscommunication you know the play in general was miscommunicated um part of that was on me part of that was on the receivers and how the play came in so it was re- you know that one was just a little bit of everything on that one but um you know it you have to assess the highs and the lows of a game and that's why you know you try to be excited and celebrate the things that go good in the game and enjoy the game of football as a quarterback or however you know whatever position you play and enjoy the happy moments but you kind of got to stay even keeled the whole time that's how I like to play I don't want to get too high I don't want to get too low if you throw an interception you jog off you may be you know yelling at yourself in your head but on the outside you want to stay cool stone faced because you know that that that's how I like to be able to lead know keep everybody knowing that you know I'm level I will say this though that when, when you have an explosive player like Kelly Akari and you have, you know, the first drive of the game, you know, obviously Liberty goes down, boom, scores. To come back and then to have, you know, a 60-something yard play to Kelly who runs an awesome route, I was able to check into that play, saw that it was a look. I was like, you know what? First drive, we're going to give Kelly a chance right here. I'm going to let him go do what he does. And he ran a great route, broke the DB, goes down for 60 yards, and then Dion punches it in. I mean, that's definitely something to celebrate. So I, I want to – I'm not trying to go – in a negative route, but I want to get your honest thoughts on the Mariachi and the Pinata incident afterward, where Liberty celebrating afterward an undefeated uh, undefeated season uh, brings in a Mariachi group into the locker room and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, um, I didn't like it too much, and that's and that's my honest opinion. You know, there were some other things that I didn't actually see it myself, so um, I don't want to you know speak for sure. But it sounded like you know Caden Salter had sent out a tweet too about something of of UTEP fans or something about a hundred fans being in the stands or something like that, and there was just. Uh, there's negativity. I've always, you know, been told celebrate with your guys, not, you know, against the other people. Um, and, and I didn't appreciate that too much. You know, I've always thought that, um, why would you do anything that's going to ever make yourself look bad in a time of victory like that? They're a great team. Uh, they've done a lot of great stuff over the season, and and I didn't I didn't appreciate a couple things. There's there was a few things like that throughout the season, you know, that rubs you the wrong way as an opponent. Um, and part of that's being against them, and part of that's just you know hopefully trying to be a class act. And the worst thing is getting kicked when you're down. Nobody likes to be kicked when they're down, especially by a team like you said that didn't need to do it and is showing more arrogance than anything else. Problem is they backed it up all year long. They've got a perfect season. I mean, look, they drove buses in from Virginia specifically to pick the team up at the airport and take them to a hotel a quarter mile away. Think about that. They could have easily had El Paso buses waiting for them. This group decided to go all the way with four empty buses from Virginia to El Paso for that specific purpose. Tells you a little bit about Liberty. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and like I said, I didn't appreciate, you know, that stuff afterward. Um, there's not a whole lot that I can do about it, right? They they played a better game than us and they won. Um, but I'm all for trying to be a class act and, and trying to do that type of stuff. And I didn't feel like that was a, that, that was entirely that. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, all right. We've got more coming up with Cade. He's going to be with us for the next hour and 15 minutes as we get ready for a Utah basketball. Miners in Texas A&M Corpus Christi tips off here at 7 o'clock from the Haskins Center. Our coverage starts at 7 6.30. However, up next, we'll spend a little fantasy football time with uh, Jeff Erickson from Roto-Wire. We'll give Cade an opportunity to fire away at Jeff as well. So stay with us. That continues right here, live from the district. Hang out with us. The Minor Talk pregame party, 32-33 North Mesa. Adrian, we've got cheeseburgers on special. We've got uh, rolled tacos on special. That's exactly right. Three fifty, just $3.50 for rolled tacos and the $7 cheeseburgers plus you get some fries with it as well. I think all three of us are going to do quesadillas, though. I, I, I recommend the quesadillas. Oh. Also recommend the wraps. This past weekend when we did minor talk for the post-game show after UTEP took on Loyola Marymount, I had a steak wrap out here at the District West. It's very light, and it tastes so great. So come on out. Join us. District West, 3233 North Mesa, right by the university, Steve. Back with more in a moment, folks. 600 ESPN El Paso. Place. We have some, we have some rough spots right now. I want to start off with George Dieter and Pindale. We have a crash. This one on the east side, but a very busy intersection here. George Dieter and Pindale. Now, where are we having the brakes? First of all, I-10 East Scorpia through Spaghetti Bowl area. Nothing but brake lights coming on on the other side of the fence. I-10 West by Sano to Spaghetti Bowl, but also on the west side, I-10 West Mesa to Red. You are having the brakes. Even the CD lanes right there. This subject brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon. Leo's has the full service bar. Famous tortilla soup. We have the tampiqueña, top sirloin steak, flautas, fajitas, gorditas, much more there on the menu. Gold miners from Leo's Restaurant, 7520, Remcon, Charlie 1600, ESPN, El Paso. Thanks to Total Wine, you saved more on all the gifts for the ones you adore. Wine spirits, beers all nestled on shelves. Got some advice from our helpful elves. Oh, so, so many gifts to explore when you go, go to Total Wine and more. Bottles so delightful, whoa, whoa, whoa. Price so amazingly low, low, low. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine and more. Drink responsibly, B21. It's time for UTEP basketball, and Coach Golding has his guys running hard to provide the best to El Paso. Howdy, Lauren Hodges of Longhorn Distributing, and we're running hard to provide the very best in detail products and pressure washers, both sales and service, as your hot seat dealer in West Texas and Southern New Mexico. And we've added new product lines to give a wide variety of top-of-the-line professional detail supplies. Check us out at 5516 East Paisano in the middle of El Paso. That's Longhorn Distributing. Cowboy season is back. And Speaking Rock is doing it right once again. Join Speaking Rock every week for El Paso's biggest Dallas Cowboys tailgate party on the Outdoor Plaza. Experience the game on their massive outdoor screens where every seat is a great seat. Prizes, drink specials, food specials, and more. It's Speaking Rock's Dallas Cowboys tailgate party this Sunday. Ages 21 and over, see Speaking Rock's Facebook for more info on El Paso's biggest Dallas Cowboys tailgate party. 
The UTEP Miners return to the Haskins Center to take on Texas A&M Corpus Christi Wednesday, November 29th at 7 p.m. The game is sponsored by ABC7. The Miners will also host Western New Mexico Monday, December 4th at 7. Tickets start at just $9.15. And don't miss the UTEP women in their 915 game versus Mountain West Power Colorado State Thursday, November 30th at 7. Basketball is back. Call 747-UTEP or visit utepminers.com. You might know Oscar Arieta as the official insurance agent for the UTEP Miners. Oscar Arieta is also the Hometown Hero Award presenter for the UTEP basketball team. Here's Oscar Arieta. We wish Coach Adams, Coach Golding, and all of the UTEP basketball teams a great season. The Oscar Arieta Agency is here to guide you through your home, auto, life, or commercial insurance needs. Visit OscarArietaAgency.com or call them at 915-400-6000. Go! This is Steve Kaplowitz, and 600 ESPN El Paso has a great way for you to enjoy sports talk on demand. Download our show by subscribing to the free 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts on your Apple or Google Play device. After that, you can enjoy the best of sports talk each day delivered commercial-free to your phone or tablet. That's right, all the best calls, interviews, and insight with the touch of a button so you never miss a moment. 600 ESPN El Paso. Paso Podcasts. Chihuahuas fans, thank you for an incredible 10th anniversary season presented by GECU. Thank you for being the best fans in the league and for creating incredible memories with family and friends here with us at Southwest University Park. The 2024 season will be here before we know it, so it's time to lock in your season seat memberships and group outings now. Visit epchihuahuas.com to see the entire 2024 schedule and all the options and benefits that come with booking now. We'll see you on opening day, Tuesday, April 2nd, 2024. The El Paso Chihuahuas. Fetch the fun. 600 ESPN El Paso. Twenty-two past the hour. As we continue, we've got a little more than one hour left here on uh, the Minor Talk pregame show. Meet Sports Talk. We are live right now, hanging out uh, along with uh, Adrian Broadus and uh, Cade McConnell. Steve Kaplowitz uh, here with you as well. We got a lot more in store for you. And uh, man, oh man, I'm, I'm excited. We, you know, we talk up the food. We got those uh, quesadillas on order. I That's can't right. wait. Can't wait. I oh. said uh, I said to go, Steve, just because I'm going to devour one right now, but yeah. I'm going to take all the rest to go and then probably stuff my face ahead of uh, UTEP basketball. No, that's a good idea. I like that. that that's that's going to be good. Um, Cade, I'm curious, are you going to be uh, taking in the UTEP uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi game? Absolutely. I'm there tonight. Good. Have you gotten credentialed? I have not. Okay, you can take mine for tonight and uh, be me, all right? Okay. And that'll give you – and Adrian, and Adrian can show you the ropes and show you what we normally do on a regular game-by-game basis. Awesome. I'm so excited for it. This is what this is all about right here. This is, this is the beauty of football season ending, and that we get to begin this type of stuff. Okay, I'm putting you on the spot real quick before we bring on Jeff Erickson because I know we've got him on. Uh, who's your favorite player on this basketball team and why? Like, uh, give me a name, give me a player. Who do you like on this group? I don't have a favorite player yet, but I will okay. say that – for the basketball te- uh, games that I've gotten to go to this year, I was at the game against UCSB and I saw Zid Powell take over for an amount of time in that game, and it was really fun to watch. I couldn't tell you how happy I was watching Tay Hardy hit the game winner against Cal. Um, he's been the leading scorer in the last wow. three games. I'm, that, I'm, ex- I'm excited. Stuff. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to watch, um, and, and I'm excited to go see tonight. It's going to be a lot of wow. fun. Good. He well, knows the stuff. He does. He does, and yeah, you'll be enjoying it from a different perspective tonight. Let's put it that way. Meanwhile. 
Let's welcome back to our show uh, Jeff Erickson from rotowire.com, your one-stop shop for all fantasy sports. By the way, Rotowire, I want to mention this. If you go to their website, they are supporting Movember's commitment to men's health all month long, and you can even help. Make any donation to Movember. Send your receipt to social at rotowire.com, and you will be entered into a drawing for a chance to win a free three-month Rotowire subscription. That's, again, any donation to Movember, send your receipt to social at rotowire.com, then you'll be entered into that drawing. You can go to their website and click on the Learn More and Donate button to learn more. As we welcome back to the show, Jeff Erickson. Jeff, how are you? Doing well, and thanks for the plug. I appreciate that. Uh, in fact, we're going to have a representative from Movember on our show on SiriusXM in about a couple hours, so I uh, appreciate you on that. Uh, doing well. Um, I saw that game winner for UTEP against Cal. That was pretty sweet. Um, always nice to beat a Power 5 conference team. It is nice. And by the way, uh, Cade McConnell, who started the last six games for the UTEP football team, is our third member of our broadcast team right now. And he's going to be firing some fantasy football questions uh, your way, Jeff. Excellent. Let's do it. I remember uh, having him on last time. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm excited to get into it with you. Uh, do you have anything for us off rip right out, right out the gate here? Uh, well, I would say that uh, the big news this week is the Jonathan Taylor uh, injury there and how what it means for Zach Moss. Uh, he's a top-ten running back for me this week. He, he was really good against Tennessee before. He was really good earlier in the season when Taylor was out. Uh, you know, I think there's – check your waiver wire. There are some leagues where people had to, kind of gave up because he was starting to get no playing time. Um, he might be available in some thin leagues out there, so go jump on that. So my question to you is, you know, I actually was one of the ones that was fortunate enough to pick up Zach Moss off the waiver wire this week. He was sitting out there. Are you starting him over some key players, guys that have been starters in your lineup for uh, uh, throughout the season, and then maybe they have a tough matchup this week, but Zach Moss is sitting there, and he's, had, he's been great when Jonathan Taylor's been out of the lineup, um, and he's looking to do that again. Is he a league winner for the rest of this postseason in fantasy, and are you starting him over guys that you've played in your lineup throughout the season? Absolutely. I've got him at number nine this week among running backs to give you kind of an idea of where I'm at with them. Um, and you look at uh, the, the, the Colts, and you know, this is not a great running matchup here against the Titans, but they've got some other ones coming up that might not be that bad. So yeah, he very well might be a league winner, and this happens all the time. After the Titans game at Cincinnati, they, they're pretty vulnerable against the run. Steelers, okay, that's not a great matchup. At the Falcons, I like that. And then a home game in your fantasy championship in Week 17 against the Raiders. So we like that quite a bit. Here's the problem right now. We have six buys this week, guys. Baltimore yeah. on the buy, Buffalo, Chicago, Las Vegas, Minnesota, and the Giants. But if you just look at Baltimore and Buffalo by itself, there's some fantasy studs on those teams. Absolutely. You Absolutely. know, you got to try to find the cracks. Yep. Yep. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, and tight ends really uh, decimated this week. Uh, quarterback, you lose a couple of key quarterbacks with Buffalo and Baltimore. But there's like four starting fantasy tight ends that are out this week because of the bye. So, yeah, you're going to see some pretty gnarly lineups out there. You're going to see some people that get hit harder than others. And, you know, it, it, it's weird this late in the season to have to deal with that. Uh, Jeff, this is championship weekend for college football. I am in a dynasty league with Steve, and we draft rookies in the spring. I am keeping my eyes on guys like Quinn Ewers for late-round uh, rookie guys who I might get on my roster. Who are guys that you look at, or, or do you not even look at college football at this point and you wait for rookies till after pro day and after they've been assigned to a certain team? 
I mean, there's certain guys that jump off the page, just like Bijan did last year. Marvin Harrison Jr., obviously. Uh, it doesn't matter where he lands. I'm going to be all over him. But, yes, we'd like him to land in a good spot. The quarterbacks uh, are going to be paying attention to pretty closely here. Uh, you know, it's not just uh, the big two, but also Daniels of LSU and maybe uh, Knicks of Oregon, too, seeing where they land. Um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm checking out mock drafts here and there, but I'll be honest, I'll get way more into it in in February and March, uh, and actually after March, after baseball starts, then I'll throw myself in the NFL draft. I'm curious, Kate, as a as a fellow college quarterback, who is your favorite quarterback who you think has the best pro potential from what you've had a chance to see? You know, I'm not sure who has the best pro potential. Obviously, you know, we have the Caleb Williams. Where we're not sure if he's going into the draft or not. You know, he says it's going to be a game-time decision, which was released hmm. today or, or, the, or yesterday. Um, but what I am really curious is Drake May. I, I, I like Drake May a lot. I like what he's done at UNC, and I'm really curious to see how that's going to translate, as well as Bo Nix. Bo Nix, you know, with as many starts as he's had in college football and the experience, obviously he's a little bit older, and sometimes that knocks you in a draft. Um, but I'm really curious to see how those two guys do. I want to see how their college, you know, explosiveness translates into a pro-style offense, which they both have not been a part of. You know, Jeff, I wonder that when it comes down to draft day next year and teams and, and leagues are starting really right after the NFL draft, I wonder if Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be the top rookie off the board because he plays such a key position in fantasy football these days or if it would be one of the quarterbacks. Oh, in fantasy, it'll almost certainly be Harrison uh, or maybe the kid from Washington, uh, Dunsey. Uh, I, I think those are the two guys that – just because of the position they played. Um, you know, we usually are a little more circumspect about uh, rookie quarterbacks in their first year in fantasy. C.J. Stroud is kind of putting us to the test on that one, though, uh, so you never know. But uh, then, again, all you have to do is look at the struggles of Bryce Young to see that this is more than norm uh, and not, not what we expect. The funny thing is I, I, there's not that obvious running back coming out this year that we're all like, uh, you know, we're, we're ready to plug plug and play right away. There will be some, obviously. Uh, but, uh, you know, the top non-quarterback skill position players are almost all wide receivers. There's like five or six that are, gonna, are projected to go in the first round. Uh, and the way the NFL is drafting, last year was a bit of an anomaly that we had two running backs drafting the first round in, in the real NFL. Uh, I don't see that happening this year. Jeff, when it comes to Tua Tungo Vailoa, uh, I've noticed that Miami's struggled when it comes to just putting up points uh, regularly, especially in the passing game. How do we assess him as a quarterback and then his skill position players like Jalen Waddell and, of course, Tyree Kill moving forward? You know, I mean, they're pretty much auto starts still. Uh, you know, their, their schedule has been a lot tougher. You know, look at last week. They played the Jets in New York, and almost all the top quarterbacks have gone there have struggled. Herbert had a ter- terrible game there. Mahomes had a terrible game there. Uh, Jalen Hurts had a terrible game there. So I wouldn't necessarily hold Tua's you know, meh performance against him. Uh, I-, I think there'll be better times, and especially this week. The, the commanders are a pass funnel. We want our, play, our players facing the commanders. I know they fired their uh, defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, so we'll see if there's any sort of bounce from that. Usually you don't see too much from a coordinator bounce unless it's been like, like Pittsburgh when they've been, everyone's been begging them to fire their offensive coordinator for a long time. Uh, for the most part, though, you usually don't see that much of a change. So I, I think you're going to see a pretty high-scoring game. Hope we do. I mean, honestly, there's been too many Big Ten West games uh, lately in the NFL. I'm trying to get away from that. And I say that as a fan of a Big Ten West team. 
Jeff, I got a question for you. For these people that you know are preparing for playoffs right now, and as Scott Hansen would say on Red Zone, it's the witching hour where losses become wins yep. and wins become losses, right? And we're trying those guys that are right on the fringe of getting into playoffs or maybe are set up good for playoffs and are trying to make a real you know postseason push right now. Who are a couple guys that are your league winners that maybe if the trade deadlines and leagues have not passed yet or if they have them on their roster, who are your league winners to make a push this year? I would look at a couple of, you know, see if some of the rookies start playing a little bit more. Josh Downs on the Colts, for instance, got a lot of targets last week. Didn't necessarily convert all of them, but I really like his game. Um, and I really think he's going to be a guy that kind of graduates into that area. Maybe not, he, he, he may not fly as high as like a Tank Dell or anything, but I think he's one guy that I'm kind of excited to see what he does the rest of the way. Um, I, you know, I, I think uh, along those same sort of lines, um, I, you know, I would look to see what – I'm very stoked to have Rasheed Rice going right now. Uh, had his first 100-yard game against the Raiders last week. Should be another high-scoring game at Green Bay, weather pending uh, at Lambeau on Sunday night. Kind of looking forward to seeing how he's kind of emerged as the number one wide receiver for the Chiefs. Do you have the same feeling and the same excitement for rookie running back Keaton Mitchell for the Baltimore Ravens, who we've seen a lot of explosiveness out of the last couple of weeks, obviously still batting, battling some carries with Gus Edwards and Justice Hill in the mix, but how do you feel about him? Oh, he's explosive. Um, I, I worry about his blitz pickup, and that might keep him off the field from time to time, uh, but I, I, he's kind of getting a little bit more of a role every single um, and after the bye, I, I think we might see a little bit more out of him. Uh, you know, Gus Edwards is still going to steal those goal line carries, though. That's the one thing that kind of caps his downside. We're talking right now with uh, Jeff Erickson from rotowire.com as we continue. Kyron Williams, he is your cover boy for uh, the value meter. And, uh, man, if you love touchdowns, uh, he's getting plenty of those right now with the Rams. Absolutely. And I love his role where, you know, he's catching a lot of passes. He's a three-down back. Um, absolutely like uh, what, what I've seen out of him. I was shocked that he got so much use in his first game back from the injury. Uh, I thought that he might kind of work his way in and uh, you know work him in a little slower. And but nope, it was full speed ahead with him. Tougher matchup this week, obviously against the Browns. Uh, but still, uh, I think he's, a, he's an auto start. Jeff, uh, looking at a team like Seattle, they play tomorrow. Uh, Kenneth Walker, it's looking like a no for him. Are you confident in Zach Charbonnet moving forward, the rookie running back? You talked to rookies earlier. Is he a guy that you're bullish on this week or maybe not necessarily? So I like his skills, but, man, it could have been a worse series of opponents for him to get that time. You get San Francisco last week there on Thanksgiving. You get the Cowboys on Thursday this week. And then back to San Francisco again on the road after that. And I know Walker a year ago had some good performances against the Niners, but I think this is a different offensive line than it was last year, and I don't think they're as good as a run-blocking unit right now. So I kind of dubious I, i've got to, i think there are leagues where you you might not start him um let's just say that you know he may be their number three or four back on some some people's teams so um i, I like the skills i just don't love the matchups you're super bullish this week on Dak prescott of the cowboys against seattle he is number two on your quarterback value meter now part of that is because Baltimore and Buffalo are on bye weeks, which I get. But when was the last time, and maybe you can remember this here, Jeff, when was the last time you had Dak Prescott second overall in terms of uh, quarterback ranking? 
Uh, might have been last week, uh, but it, it, before that, it's been a while, uh, for sure, if ever. Uh, and the thing is, since the bye week, they've come out throwing. They, I, I think they, they wanted to be one type of offense. Mike McCarthy spent a lot of time in the offseason talking about how uh, they were too wide open, the defense was on the field too much because they were trying to score too quickly, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, let's face it, Dak has been on fire. And, you know, this offense, you know, they and Tony Pollard hasn't been. So I think you look at it from that standpoint, you got to go with what works. I mean, you know, I'm tr- you know, since the Chargers game, basically, that the, before they're buying week six, um, you know, they, they, they've been rolling. So, uh, you know, there's the game against Carolina where they didn't need to use him as much, and he still threw 38 times. It's just less, uh, less downfield. But for the most part, the downfield passing is working quite a bit. Jeff, over the course of the season, you know, we, we develop our favorite players and our biases, and guys like Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb and other guys that are, that are on hot streaks right now, they're, they're automatic starts. But for somebody like Najee Harris, who's been a disappointment for a lot over the front course of the season, and now in this later half, you know, Matt Canada gets fired, and last game Najee goes for 15 carries, 99 yards, and a touchdown. And you look at some of his matchups coming up throughout this postseason, is he a guy that you're trusting to be in the lineup for the rest of the way? That's a hard question because I don't even know what to do with them this week. Um, I, and it's a great matchup against Arizona. It's a smash matchup. Uh, but there was this, all this talk before the, uh, the game last week that Jalen Warren was going to get more work. Uh, but he put a ball on the ground, um, and then Harris was the better back. He just was the better running back last week, so he, he got a little bit more work accordingly. Um, I think both could be very usable. This is one of those instances where I think you can have two, two running backs and still have them both be valuable. I think Detroit's a similar situation there where system uh, matches. I mean, the schedule's really nice. They get Arizona and they get Cincinnati again. Um, I've got Harris at 22 and I've got Warren at 15 this week. If you argued forcefully that flip-flopping to go the other way, I wouldn't put up too much of a fight. I, I, you know, I, I have a hard time kind of guessing every week who's going to be the more effective of the two backs. But you know what? Kate brings up a great point. You get rid of a coordinator who's done really nothing in terms of offensive production the last four years, and all of a sudden you see something that makes you wonder, wow, is this just because of a new coordinator, new scheme? Has this been there all along? Have they just not tapped into the talent they have? And in fantasy, it'll drive you crazy, won't it? It will. Um, and I just I think it also illustrates, too, like there's a lot we don't know still. There's a lot goes on at practice. There's a lot that, you know, just according to the system that they run and, you know, what the head coach wants the coordinator to call for that matter, too. Um, you know, I, I'm sure Tomlin has his say in everything here. Uh, you know, all, all that makes it vexing. And, you know, that, that, that's also why we, we're dealing with a complex system. Is it easy? If it were easy, we'd all win every week. So uh, there you go. You've got to have a little ambiguity, a lot of uh, trickiness to figure it out there. Before we get uh, your preview of the website at uh, rotowire.com, quickly switching over to baseball, Sonny Gray goes three years, uh, $75 million for St. Louis. Does that impact his projections on your system? It's a good place for him to land. Uh, good pitcher's park. Uh, typically they have pretty good defense behind them, and that offense, he'll get run support. One of the things about Sonny Gray last year is he finished second in ALSI Young Voting and, and didn't have a ton of wins. He had a lot of non-support from both the bullpen and the offense behind him, and I think he'll get better run support at least going to St. Louis. And, you know, he lands in the NL Central, and that's not a bad place to land either. So I thought it was a good signing for St. Louis, and I think it was a good place for him to land fantasy-wise. 
All right. Let's talk about the site. What would you like to promote uh, this week, Jeff? Uh, well, as always, we got the value meter. Uh, if you play in prize picks or if you play in anything else where there's player props involved, uh, you can go to We have a new tool that we just unveiled. Uh, you can go to rotowire.com slash picks and check it out and help you do well on prize picks uh, and underdog and all those other platforms. So check it all out. Rotowire.com slash picks. And, of course, if you want to get access to the site, rotowire.com slash free gives you a free trial and a peek behind the paywall. Fantastic. Talk to you next week. Appreciate it as always, Jeff. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. You got it. Jeff Erickson, Rotowire, as we continue here on the show. Nicely done uh, as we get things moving. All right. We're uh, less than an hour away. 5.40 now the time. Come back with more in a moment. Stay with us. Along with Adrian Broadus, Cade McConnell, Sal Montes, and Alberto back at our 600 ESPN El Paso, River Oaks Property, Schoolyard Sports Studios. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm ABC7's Paul C. Gullup. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Here's your top stories from November 29th on 600 ESPN El Paso. ABC7 has obtained court documents explaining how the murder of a man inside the El Paso County Jail Annex unfolded. We now know how each of the six suspects were allegedly involved in the death of 57-year-old Jesus Torres at the jail annex Sunday night. And I want to warn everybody that these details can be disturbing. According to the police affidavit, investigators were able to view footage from the annex and Torres walked into a room around 7 o'clock Monday evening where one of the defendants was already sitting. Minutes later, investigators say four of the other suspects entered that same area, followed by another. The group appeared to be talking and then a message was received under the door. Then, according to documents, the attack began. Torres was stomped and kicked. Another attempted to place a bag over the victim's head. That attack lasting for around 45 minutes. Again, this is all according to official documents obtained by ABC7. The affidavit says that the detective in the case received information from an anonymous witness regarding possible motives that led to Torres' death. One of the men accused of Jesus Torres' murder allegedly told the witness that he was waiting to confirm that Torres was a former member of a prison gang. The affidavit doesn't elaborate what the conflict was dealing with with that prison gang. We have more information on the men accused in this killing, including what they were in jail for, on KVIA.com. Hotel Paso del Norte's pastry team is putting the finishing touches on their life-sized gingerbread house. We're talking hundreds of pounds of candy. Hotel Paso del Norte's pastry team is racing the clock to have their take on the holiday classic complete by Saturday. For more, you can go to the ABC7 app on air and online at kvia.com. For now, have a positive, productive rest of your Wednesday evening filled with lots of joy. I'm ABC7's Paul Sikala for 600 ESPN El Paso. In the El Paso Metroplex, we have the uh, freeway pretty much stacked up there on those westbound lanes, I-10 West, all the way from Airway down to the uh, even the downtown area. Sick traffic here. You're almost in a stop and go. Very stacked up stop and go. Also on the I-10 East, I-10 East, Piedras, through Spaghetti Bowl area. And then you're going to be in those pockets of heavy traffic all the way through Hawkins and the Yarbrough area. Eastbound lanes, very busy right now. So, we have a crash on the east side. George Dieter and Pendle, very 
busy intersection. We had a crash there. Where else do we tap the brakes? I-10 West, Mesa to Red, even the CD lanes right there. This update brought to you by Deals Restaurant, 7520 Remcon. Deals has a full-service bar, party trays, popular Mr. Tea specials, the full menu. Don't forget the delicious sopapillas and go miners. From Deals Restaurant, 7520 Remcon, Charlie 1600, ESPN El Paso. has the NFL Sunday ticket. Catch all your favorite NFL team Sunday games live at Applebee's all season long. Combine your favorite team with your favorite food and choose from handcrafted burgers, steaks, ribs, seafood, pastas, sandwiches, and more. Score with signature and classic cocktails, beer, wine, and of course the most delicious desserts. And register at any El Paso Applebee's for a chance to win a trip to one of seven Dallas Cowboys home games. Applebee's cheering good in the neighborhood. KISS FM wants you to cruise into 2024 on a Caribbean cruise for two. Get ready to sail away with KISS FM and the outlet shops in El Paso with the great purse giveaway. Win a brand new brand name purse plus everything inside, including this year's grand prize. An eight-day, seven-night vacation, including a Caribbean cruise. Exciting, it's so exciting, with round-trip air, hotel, plus $300 spending money. The Great First Giveaway. Sign up now at the outlet shops in El Paso, all Peter Piper Pizza locations, Johnson Jewelers, 5860 North Mesa, and just down the road, the Desert Moon Emporium, 4400 North Mesa. You can register at the El Paso Zoo, thanks to the El Paso Zoological Society, Dillard Summon Park, Paco Wong's Chinese Restaurant, 7111 North Mesa. Plus, look and listen for special Tecate Light and Baby Tree Surrogacy remote registration opportunities. The Great purse giveaway. Win a brand new brand name purse plus everything inside. Learn more at kisselpaso.com. People who come to Cricket stay with Cricket. Just like our customer, Jaren. I'm the singer and guitarist in a band, and I use my Cricket phone for everything. It's basically like another band member. Don't miss a single beat. Switch today and get a free Samsung Galaxy A14 5G. Smile, you're on Cricket. Real customer paid for testimonial must bring your number to Cricket on up to a $60 a month voice plan depending on device. Select models only while supplies last. First month service charge and tax due at sale. Cricket 5G requires compatible device and is not available everywhere. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See store for details. This holiday, the Home Depot is helping you get gifts that keep on giving by making sure they keep on going. Right now, when you buy a select battery kit from RYOBI, Milwaukee, Rigid, DeWalt, or Makita, you get an eligible tool for free. Just pick a brand, pick a battery kit, and get a tool free. Give the gift of more doing this holiday with The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Valid at participating stores and online. One per transaction. Discount taken at checkout. Full eligible tool list in store and online. Valid October 23rd, 2023 through January 28th, 2024. This holiday season, find all kinds of deals at Target. Discover sweet deals on toys and small appliances. Big deals on clothing and beauty. Plus so much more. At Target, get what you need for the holidays. Find new deals each week for everyone on your list. And get it all fast with free drive-up. Score low prices and great deals all season long. Now at Target. Exclusions apply. Love like this before. Hey, Brent. Love the color. If you had to choose, would you watch paint dry or compare benefits plans? Mm, compare benefits plans, obviously. Hmm, but you know how complicated benefits are, right? Well, I run payroll with Gusto. Gusto makes it easy to find benefits like medical, dental, and vision for my whole team. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry. 
I'm gonna need new glasses. Don't worry, you're covered. Choose benefits without the mess. Visit gusto.com slash radio to sign up for free. The best way to listen to the UTEP Miners, Chihuahuas Baseball, Sports Talk, and all things sports is on the 600 ESPN El Paso radio app. Powered by First American Bank. Judge's gavel fell. Jury found him guilty. Even 48 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. 505 6009. That is our telephone number. 505 6009. As we continue, we've got Kate McConnell with us right now. Oh, we're enjoying the food out here at, uh, again, the district. Uh, 3233 North Mesa. The quesadillas. Uh, we're all eating quesadillas yes. today, Adrian. We're, we, we decided we're not messing around, are we? No, but you know what? When I was looking inside, Steve, I just did a quick lap. Everybody, no one's messing around here at the district. I saw the 350 rolled tacos all across the different tables. I saw the $7 cheeseburger basket with fries. Uh, and also, people are still taking advantage of happy hour. That's why we're still seeing people show up. Got some uh, UTEP orange in the house as well. So if you're heading out to the UTEP game, about uh, an hour and ten away from Tip, off, then check out the District West, 3233 North Mesa, 275 on those domestic beers I just mentioned, 375 on all their well drinks as well, and then you can just take advantage of the food specials that we just talked about, or pay the full price, it's worth it for the quesadillas, man, because uh, I told, I said this off air, and I'll say it again on air, I took a bite out of that, and I felt I felt re-energized, just one bite, I was re- ready to go. This question came in on uh, the app uh, from Pinky. Does Cade lose a transfer year because he came from a JC? That's a great question. Cade, what do you what do you know about this? I said the exact same thing. I, I don't know, actually. That's a really great question. I haven't had very much transfer portal experience myself because I've never looked into it. Um, I've only transferred here from a junior college, and that's a great question. Yep. All right. Um, I, I'd say that is a very good question. I love Adolfo. Cade McConnell is pure awesomeness. He gets it. All the hype that we've been talking about from earlier, like Leo, uh, we mentioned both these posts from earlier, but getting some love here on the show today. Yeah, you know, and there's actually one thing I want to respond to that. First of all, thank you to the people that are tweeting out and showing some love. I do appreciate that. Uh, but the other thing is, is that's that's the cool part about me getting to be on here with you guys and talk is to give that perspective. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's fun. I really enjoy it. I think we have great conversation about a lot of stuff, um, but it's also cool to hear people's perspective and, you know, get questions from Twitter or callers calling in. Um, I think it's unique, and I think it's something that a lot of people like to listen to, and I know we like doing it. Yeah, that's really true. Um, you know, but the interesting thing is this, and, and this is something I never really thought about until now. Normally when a season's over, you'll have an opportunity to kind of talk to your assistant coaches, um, look back at the games, maybe uh, spend the next couple of weeks talking about what you can work on and what you can do. Are you still able now to take advantage of that? Because the assistants are still currently on board. Dana uh, is is the one that uh, you know is right now has not been retained. So tell me, as you get ready for Christmas break and winter holiday before the spring semester starts, how do you try and at least wrap things up with the current staff? before finding out what's going to happen with the new staff. Yeah, it's all uncharted territories, and I'm not used to this, but when I went in and I've talked to a lot of the assistant coaches that are still around the building, um, you know, there was less talk than there normally is, obviously, right, about next season and their plans and things like that because there are none right now. A lot of times your exit interview, you go in, you talk about what the things you did good in the season, the things you did 
like that, what they'd like to see going forward, plans and, and future blueprints for what's going on. But obviously we didn't have that. So a lot of it was just conversation about, you know, each other, having having good personal conversations and things like that. Uh, but you, as a player, you have to do your best in order to personally assess. You know, obviously you could still talk to any of those coaches about assessments from this year and then trying to just take advantage right away of getting healthy, resting your body up from a tough football season, you know, physically, uh, and then trying to take advantage of as much time as you have at home to train, get better, get your body right, all that stuff before you come back for winter workouts with a new coaching staff. Cade, when it comes to this coaching staff, this is kind of a weird question. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. Who could you see going off and and having, like, success? Like, let's flash forward 20 years from now. A coach on this staff, who's going to have a a lot of success in the future based on who you've been able to work with, these position coaches that we're talking about right here? Yeah, that's actually a really great question, and it is a difficult question because there's so many great coaches on that staff. But the truth is, is I could see a lot of them doing good things. Like, I think so highly of of so many of our coaches. You know, I think Coach O'Hara has a great mind that could be applied to many different places across college football and for the amount of time that he's been under coach Dimmel you know he has a lot of football experience and a lot of direct learning from someone who's been around the block that he could go and apply that places you know also you know coach Simmons our offensive line coach who's uh, been everywhere you know played at the highest level that you can play in the NFL and learned so much I think he's an he's an amazing coach and then not to mention our our, de- our defensive coaching staff is just great top to bottom I think that coach Pivato you know and coach Wally and all those guys over there have done a great job so as much as um, you know the the future may be uncertain for all of us players and coaches I have no I have no fear that they're going to be okay because all those guys are great people number one but great coaches number two it's a great answer it really is and it's kind of an interesting mix isn't it because you have some veteran coaches who have really been around and you've got some young coaches that are just kind of breaking in it's a it's really an interesting balance when you look at this group yeah, you know, our, uh, the he technically still a GA, but you know, served as like our another quarterback coach for us, uh, Coach Nick Oss, who was a former player here at UTEP, uh, but also a former quarterback at Kansas State previously. You know, he he taught us a lot, taught me a lot this year and showed some different things, but he also did a great job of connecting with us and being personal and being a great liaison between that midpoint of kind of half player, half coach, uh, you know, in the meeting rooms and things like that and kind of seeing things through a player's perspective. Um, So that's very refreshing. It's really refreshing when you're able to walk and shake Coach Simmons' hand who has this, you know, deep voice that they can, you know, it just tells you that his tenure around the place. So you can just hear it in his voice. He's been everywhere. He's confident in what he does. He has our O-line dialed into everything they need to know. And then you can look to the other side and shake Coach Oz's hand, and he can relate to you on you know a more younger, personal level. And when you have a balance like that, it's really nice to have in the office. We're live at the District Pub and Kitchen, 3233 North Mesa. You're listening to the Minor Talk uh, pregame show slash sports talk. We've, we've kind of put a hybrid together right. today. I love that. And specials are out here. We're here. Come down before the game. You've got an hour to to enjoy and hey get that seven dollar cheeseburger and fries get a 350 roll tacos get a nice cold one and uh, enjoy all the sports and get yourself ready for tonight's utep game against the texas a&m corpus christi and if you can't stop by before the game come by after the game that's the best way to do it yeah come by after the game or come by later this week in fact they're actually airing uh the cowboys game against the seahawks uh that's coming up tomorrow and of course all this weekend they're going to be having college football on saturdays and nfl on Sundays. So we'll come back more in a moment. Stay with us. We'll wrap things up. Final half hour. Kate will take us to the to the uh, bottom, and then we'll join John Teicher as well. It's Sports Talk Live right here, six hundred ESPN El Paso.